Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Hey, y'all, hey. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Oh, it is. It's a happy Friday. It's a happy every day. How y'all doing this morning? See y'all coming in. I turned my music down today because Judah said I woke him up yesterday. He can sleep through anything when he chooses to. Good morning. Oh, wow. A former high school student of mine was one of my college students. Tell you, who was that? Oh, that's so dope. I I remember a lot of my students. I win. Good morning. It is a very, DM me who that was. It is a very small world. And so I tell them the world ain't big enough. (laughs) I mean, the world ain't too big. The world's not too big. It's not too big. Um, I've been in in Atlanta and in different cities before. Yeah, DM me. And people are like, I know you. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, I do know you. And I'm like, how do you know me? You're that lady. And I'm like, coffee and conversations. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, this world is so real. And a complete other state. So the world is for sure small. You can connect to people. so big like that's so so big i'm telling you good morning good morning how y'all doing this morning my god i love god how he connects and divinely orchestrates and puts us in position i just saw my watch i like to have a watch on i've actually have a thing for watches i need to get a series of batteries I was laughing at, my, at myself the other day. Like, I need batteries. I just need to take them all to the shop and get a series of batteries. But I love how the God divinely connects things. Um, come on. Well, we're here. It's and good morning and welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. It's your girl LMJ in the house. I want to do a couple of things. We're getting ready to pray. But I want to invite you in to listen to... Uh, the segment I have on the JC Loves Morning Show, which is Relationship Realities. This the, Today on Relationship Realities, we're going to talk about let it go, and we're going to talk about exit strategies and how to let go of certain relationships, certain things. So join me this evening. Uh, my fallback game is pretty good as we watch uh, or as we talk about this on relationship realities. I'm pretty good at falling back and kind of letting people do their things. And it's nothing wrong with that. This morning we are in our series. We're finishing up our series on we're, we're not finishing up our series yet on the grave robber, but we're going to finish talking about cycles. We've been talking about cycles all week long. And if you missed this series on cycles, you need to go catch us from day one. It's available on YouTube. It's a, available on my webpage, 
day one, we started talking about cycles. Day two, we started about talking about the second part of cycles. Three, we talked about the breaking point. Um, yesterday, uh, what was our topic yesterday? Yesterday, we talked about, um, I can't even think today. And then today, I'm going to talk to you about then it begins. And I need to give you this because I think this is going to be so significant for you to understanding where we are. A lot of times we think we're the only person going through to something. We think we're the only person experiencing something and we're not alone. And we just need a little bit more Jesus. We just need a little bit more of him connected to Thank you, Auntie. We talked about being skeptic, allowing skepticism in our life, uh, connecting to the wrong people who will allow you to be skeptic or encourage your skepticism. And today I'm going to talk to you about then it all began. Remember, this began in John 5, and we were at the Pool of Bethesda. And do you see how rich the word is? It can trek and take us on a journey which allows us to move closer to Christ the whole entire time. See, the Bible makes the case for Christ. Um, it develops us. It shows us how important Jesus is to our life. And I love the second part of John 5 because he's dealing with them and he's saying to them, he said, you won't even trust who I am. Like you'll read the scriptures, but you won't even necessarily trust who I am. You don't even really basically know who's even in your midst. And I told you um, yesterday how important it is for us to be together corporately. And God showed me this. He was like, this is like a worldwide Bible study. This is like a worldwide uh, family. This is like, that's why I said, get connected, stay connected. You know, if God has told you to be connected to Coffee and Conversations, get connected. This is like a, an ongoing worldwide Bible study in which we encourage Encourage each other in which we love each other in the word of God. I want to take time and pray. My aunt texted me this morning. We need to pray for New Orleans. We're not just praying for New Orleans because we have people that we love there. We need to pray for New Orleans because New Orleans needs some mercy right now. And a lot of times when storms and stuff come to a perfect specific region, some of us that are too spiritual be like, well, it's because of all the sin and things they have in the that area. I'm not saying any of that is true, but as prophetic intercessors, we have the right, my God, we have the right to intercede on their behalf. And so we're going to call out and we're going to pray and we're going to intercede for New Orleans this morning. We're going to stand in the gap for New Orleans because they're they, these lot they need to be protected. Um they need to be shielded and they need some mercy this morning. So let's make sure we are. Thank you, Tammy, for reminding that. Tammy said, don't forget to get connected via YouTube. It's so, so important. So let's go ahead and pray and stand in the gap. Father God, we thank you. First of all, we thank you for waking up this morning. We thank you for a wonderful, 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 wonderful week in your word and as online family and in this body and each other, Lord God, and just encouraging each other in the word, Lord God. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your get up today. We thank you for giving us the activities of our limbs, for waking us up this morning, Lord God. We thank you for all you are in our lives, Father God. We cover this day in the blood of Jesus, and we thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Now, Father God, you showed us and told us we could speak to the mountain. 
and that we have the authority over the storm. So we stand in the gap for the city of New Orleans right now and the state of Louisiana right now in the name of Jesus. And we cancel the assignment against that state, Lord God, and we're just asking for your mercy. We're speaking to that storm, to that hurricane, telling it to go, go in another direction, go back out into the ocean from which you came, disappitate, disappear right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, let your blood and your word be the fortress, my God. Let your blood and your word be the fortress right now around Louisiana, around New Orleans. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for your sanctification. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood. My God, let the word be a wall. Let the blood be a wall. Let it be a fortress. Let no hurt, harm, or danger. Father God, we thank you that the women that are supposed to come out, that need to come out, Lord God, that they're able to return home safely, Father God. We're standing in a gap for their families right now so that they will not be weary and worried. And we thank you for your hedge of protection around them right now in Jesus' name. Father God, now bless your word today, Lord God. Let your words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. We thank you for all you are and all you called us to be. You are our way maker, my God. You are the wind beneath our wings, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for your power, your protection, your love, your joy, your strength, Father God. We thank you for all you are, Adonai. We thank you for all you are, King of Kings. We thank you, Father God, for just being present, for keeping us, for loving us, even when we don't love ourselves, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for just your blood, for the blood of Jesus, Father God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, El Shaddai, God Almighty. We thank you, El Elyon, the Most High God. We thank you, El Elohim, the Everlasting God. My God, you are unchangeable. We thank you. You don't switch it up on us, even when people do. We thank you, Father God, Yahweh. You exist above of everything. You are an existent, self-existent God, and it's not predicated upon people. We thank you, Jehovah Jireh. You provide and take care of us daily. You daily load us with benefits. You give us our daily bread. We thank you, Jehovah Nisi. You are the Lord, my banner. You are our rallying point. You give us a victory even when the situation seems like we can't have it. You are Jehovah Shalom, the God of our peace. Thank you for giving us peace, and thank you for giving us a rest. You are Jehovah Sabot, the Lord, our host, my God, you are the commander of the armies in heaven. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. You are Jehovah Kadesh, the Lord, my sanctifier. You set me apart for your special purpose. You are Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd. You care for me. You take care of me. You let me let me lie in green pastures. You are Jehovah Sedeknu, my God, my righteousness. You've made me righteous through Jesus Christ, my God. You are the Lord Jehovah Shammah, you personal. You are my personal Jesus. You are Jehovah Elohim for Lakeisha. You are the God of Lakeisha. You are Adonai. You are majesty. You are master. You are owner. And I bless your name, praise you, and say thank you. I love the names of God. Like, I love the names of God. I love praying the names of God. Lord God, we just thank you for your word on today. Now, I need to go back to um, a chapter in Matthew. I read that at the beginning, and I need to go back to that chapter because I need to be able to give you this today. Um, and I need you to have this more than anything because I think this is going to be a significant rally point for you. Um, we, see, we see Jesus in Matthew where, where Jesus said we, we're 
We've already been at the pool of Bethesda. We know for a fact Jesus has begun to deal with those who have been to question him or begin to judge him for doing work on the Sabbath. We see that in John. Uh, and then I flipped Monday and I read to you about Jesus's temptation in the wood. And so since we've been talking about breaking cycles, I think it's more important that I take you back to those places. John 5 and 24 says, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. And then when you skip to the 31st verse, he says, if I were to would not be but someone else is also testifying me and i assure you that everything he says about me is true in fact you sent investigators to listen to john the baptist and his testimony about me was true of course i have no need of human witnesses Jesus, so gangster but i say these things so you might be saved john was like a burning and shining lamp and you were excited for a while about his message but i have a greater witness than john my teachings and my miracles the Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they proved that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face. And you do not have his messages in his heart because you do not believe me. And this is so powerful. Remember, we talked about the skeptics. If you had the message of God in his, your heart, then it's not hard for you to believe the word. It's not hard for you to trust the word. That's why you got to spend time meditating on the word. That's why you got to spend time in the word. Because once the word gets hidden in your heart, it's going to change absolutely everything. It says you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you for I've come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me yet if others come to you in their own name you gladly welcome them again the skeptic no wonder you can't believe for believe for you gladly honor each other but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God my God so I need to get over to the fourth chapter we're going back to the temptation of Jesus. And I'm going to read that. And then I have three things for you this morning. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness where Matthew fourth chapter for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Jesus said, get out of here, Satan, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. This is significant. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So here's, here's where this gets significant. 
the enemy tempted Jesus. We've been talking about cycles and how to break those cycles and how to come more into the fullness of who we are in Christ Jesus. And I've said to you without a doubt, the only way that this is going to manifest, the only way that this is going to happen is that you spend more time in your word, that you spend more time with God. You're not going to be able to accomplish this without having an intimate relationship with God. And we know that an intimate, can I, Come on, testimony. We know that an intimate relationship with God will rally us beyond our breaking point. <laughs> it will rally us beyond our breaking point. It will rally, rally us beyond the point of temptation. It will call us or cause us to come into something deeper than we've ever experienced before. But this is going to also require you to begin to seek God daily. And what we find or what I find, one of the greatest and biggest strongholds is nobody wants to spend, not nobody, a lot of people don't want to spend time seeking him daily. A lot of people don't want to spend time seeking him for the answer. A lot of people don't want to take the time and spend time making sure God is is the final answer or that the word is the final answer. Well, you're never going to ever come ever going to overcome your flesh. You're never, ever, ever going to break these cycles. If you keep applying the same system or doing the same thing, I want to give you an example from marriage this morning. Jesus was tempted in three ways. He was tempted because of his hunger, right? He was tempted according to hedonism. He was tempted according to his ego. Satan tried to appeal to his ego. And then the last thing he was done or he was tempted in was due to materialism, right? So that's the way Satan came at him. He came at him through his hunger, through his innate basic needs. He stroked, he tried to stroke his ego. And then the last thing he tried to get him with is materialism. And if you will be honest, you will to own cycles and the own thing, the things that you have fought through in your own life. Jesus has tempted you because you've been hungry, because you've been starved for something, because you've been thirsty for something. Jesus has probably tempted your ego. He's presented. I mean, Satan has tempted your ego. He's tried to present a situation from you for you. And instead of you getting the situation lawfully, instead of you waiting on God to do this, then he's presented other things for you to cheat on your taxes, um, for you to lie to get ahead, for you to sleep to get ahead, for you, your needs to be met. Come on now, let's keep it real this morning. And then he's tempted you with materialism. When people struggle and fight financially, they fight financially because the enemy has said, if you don't have this, then you're nothing. Things like that are brought to you on a constant basis. Well, if you don't know what the word says, and that's, that's the only way Jesus was able to overcome. If you don't know what the word says about you, then it's going to be easy for him to tempt you. Come on, y'all, with things, because you don't know how to counteract it with the word. The scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee. I want to show you something. I love this scripture. This is 1 Corinthians. This is the 10th verse, and this is the 13th. Uh, this is the 13th verse. It says the temptations in your life, my God, are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand when you are tempted. He will show you a way out so that you can en endure. Then the 14th verse says, so my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I'm saying is true. So 
So we're looking at this and God is going to provide a way of escape, but he can't provide you a way of escape if you won't use the word. <laughs> if you won't use the word, if you won't use the word in the situation, if you won't become familiar with God's word. I told you this world will set you up to make you think what this is what's successful and we'll see people and because those people are like lord lord and calling out his name and acknowledging god we'll think that's where their attributed success coming from not knowing where the success may have really um arise the law of averages works period you can work hard and still produce a certain result so he tempted jesus in those three things buy food we know what it's like when it's been hungry we know what is the situation i provided an example for that the other day when I've been most hungry. What do I do when I'm hungry? Or what do I do when I don't, come on, Holy Spirit, have the basic of material needs? How do I respond to that situation? I told you, Satan will only speak to you about stuff in which he knows you don't have word built up. In which he knows you don't have word built up. He knows your prideful places. He knows the places in your life that do not have Christ. He knows your places in your life, come on, that are empty of God. So he can only tempt you in which you what you don't have word. So if you're lacking food, if you're lacking basic necessities, then he'll put things in place to allow you to seek or to be more dependent upon those things. That's how people don't break poverty cycles, to be more dependent upon those things than to be dependent upon God. He'll teach you to be, to be dependent upon a system because then you never trust, ask, or seek God for the things that you really need. The second, so, so think about that. Think about the ways you've compromised yourself for a basic meal. I'm a, I just, just think about the things that you've put in place for a basic meal. Or, or the things that you've done to make sure food was in your house. Um, maybe you took somebody's food stamps. I mean, just think about the things that you've compromised in for a basic meal in order to ensure your ha house had what you said instead of seeking the face of God and asking God to provide for you. The second thing was he tempted him in ego. And we know that ego thing is crazy. We know that ego thing is crazy. I want to be, or I want to look a certain way, or I want to experience certain things. I want to have certain things. It's absolutely nothing wrong with you having those things. But if you got to exploit other people, if you have to be exploited by other people, if you have to compromise your morality, if you have to compromise the integrity of who Christ is in your life, if, if people don't really know that you're a Christian, if you have to do things associated and around people to be comfortable in order to, that's an ego thing. And so you have to watch who, watch who's around you, watch who you're connected to, and watch what you're compromising. If you got to look a certain way, and so you won't give up certain things because you want to look a certain way, I was talking to a friend yesterday um, who was preparing for her daughter's birthday. They didn't have a lot of money, and she don't have a lot of money, and I was saying, then do what you can. <laughs> Then do what you can. I said, because the enemy will have you trying to spend outside your budget and you don't have it, or you just don't have it, or you just, you just don't have it. It's our ego and pride that will make us lie about things that we have and we just don't have it.
Like we just, I'm right now. I'm real good at being at saying I'm believing God for. It. I just don't have it right now. Or if the boys say, "Well, I want this," and I'll say, "Then let's get in faith for it," because mommy just doesn't have it right now. And I don't feel bad about not having it. And I had to get to this place. This was a stronghold in my life. Fronting, I, I, I was at one point using credit cards. Come on now, and doing other things in place instead of allowing God to provide for me because I didn't want to look less than because I wanted my I let my ego speak for me instead of letting the word of God speak to me when the word of God says oh no man anything but to love him when the word of God tells me not to be the borrower or but to be the lender I need a new car right now I would love to have a new car but I've been just speaking to my car telling my car to last for a lifetime right to last for a lifetime I got a supernatural car I'm telling you do you know I went in to get my oil changed I've had I got a hundred thousand miles on my car and the man was like ma'am we've never had to replace your brake pads I'm like I got a supernatural car got it supernaturally put things in place in this car for me because he knows I'm trying to purpose myself to do things right for him that's right no lack no loss but if we try to try to get it through other means or we try to get it through our own selves we put and set ourselves up in situation and say no speak to your ego <laughs> say no speak to your ego say what have you thinking go get you a new car go get in further debt go get involved in this circumstance go get in this situation say can I tell you something i didn't have a car i was married and we lost our car and i did not have a car and i was catching the city bus to school to work um having to rely on people sometimes we walked to the grocery store it's so much more to my story with no car whatsoever but god was teaching me and grooming me and it, it was sometimes it was hard because i'd be walking down the streets and people be blowing their horn or whatever else sometimes people would give me a ride give us a ride sometimes people and we had kids and we had ministry we had business i was in my last semester of my degree in school and god just had to say are you gonna are you gonna finish are you gonna walk in purpose? Are you gonna sit around and whine and complain that you don't have a car? Or are you gonna do something about, are you gonna keep moving towards purpose? Are you gonna keep moving towards the circumstance of the situation? God will supernaturally supply your needs if you choose to allow him to supernaturally supply your needs. So I'm nice to my car. I take care of my car. I keep my car cleaned out. I go get my oil changed. I talk to my car. I don't talk trash to my car. I love on my car. I do all of the things. I don't know who this is for, but I hope this bless somebody about my car. Can I tell you something? The same thing can happen for your pressure points in your marriage. I just need to give you this this morning. Um, my marriage got in some really tough and tight places, tight places financially, um, some tight places with my husband's health. My husband was on medications that were costing like 9000 a month. So a lot of times we didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of what we needed. There were things that we couldn't necessarily provide for. People will think because you're happy and because you trust God that everything in your house is 100. And because I'm happy and trust God doesn't mean everything in my house is 100. Well, when you're in a pressure situation, the enemy is going to try to present things so that your marriage can get ugly, so your marriage can be um, destroyed. He's going to come for your marriage. He's going to, whatever the issue is, wherever there's not 
not a lot of word in that situation. He's going to come for your marriage. And so he would try to bring fights in between us. Um, he would apply pressure. And I'll be like, I'm done with this. I'm walking out. I'm just giving you some quick summaries. He will up, try to apply pressure in the places in which he does not have enough word and in which we won't wait on God. And then definitely with materialism, because we live in a very materialistic society, because things have been gotten so quickly, we will put ourselves in a position to compromise to compromise ourselves to get what we want instead of waiting on God, to compromise ourselves to get what we want instead of waiting on God to produce. We won't spend enough time him. We ain't spending enough time asking him. We ain't involving him in our situation. We ain't involving him in our relationships and we ain't involving him. And then the devil's not gonna flee because he knows where you are absent of God. He knows where you're asking of God. He knows what you have in your life that you do not trust to God. <laughs> he knows what you have. If it's your kids, he knows what you have in your life that you don't trust to God. Now, this is what I've got to show you. Let's go to Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. There's, there's something significant in that scripture. It says, they that waited upon the Lord. Jesus is showing us the perfect demonstration that he was going to wait on God. And I need to show you what happens next. My God, I need to show you, you need to go back to the 11th verse. It says, then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. And at the point that Jesus submitted himself to God, submitted himself to the word of God, do you know what happens next? Jesus begins his ministry. <laughs> Jesus begins his ministry. It says, then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. And the reason being was because Jesus waited. They that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed. They that wait upon the Lord that shall be renewed. God is trying to renew you. He has a desire to renew you. He has a desire to provide for you. He has a desire to protect you. He has a desire to do absolutely everything he has said in his word for you. But you have got to be patient enough to wait on him and stop cycling back to places and things and people who and allowing them to fill the gaps of where God is supposed to be. His ministry begins. My God, that's so significant. The angels got in place and took care of him. The minute he resisted the devil, the devil flee, and then the angels were able to come in and do absolutely everything that they were supposed to do for him, but they could not do until he became steadfast in what he's supposed to do for Christ. Is that not good? Is that not power? So there are angels waiting to work on your behalf. You just got to get a little bit more word. You just got to be a little bit more patient. You got to you gotta make sure that you understand man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Well, if you don't know the word of God, how are you going to know what proceeds out of his mouth? People ask me all the time, how are you so strong? It's not that I'm strong. I'm made perfect in my weakness, but the word is 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 the word i'm on god right now i'm just telling you i'm on god right now i'm on god right now i'm on god god is my everything god has fashioned me god has made me over this chick that you see was trifling and a hot mess but the more time i spend in my word the more time i spend holding on my truths the more that i learn how to uh focus on god the more god does 
for us. If you will be faithful and you will be patient, God will do exactly what he do. It's no different than an exercise program. Some of y'all don't know my story. I was at 260 pounds, then 245 pounds. I was weighing the most that I had ever made. And so I started walking. People were like, what all are you doing? I started walking, but more so I changed my spiritual life and began to focus more on God. And it seems like the more I focus on God, the more the weight begins to fall off because my center was not the weight. My center was God. And then God began to fashion everything out in my life. My God, he began to align everything in my life because my focus wasn't the weight loss. My focus became him. And the more that I became centered on him, the more he began to work everything out. You just got to be patient. You just got to wait on him. It says, then the devil went away and the angels are going to come. And then if you look in the next 12 verse, Jesus's ministry began. So the thing that the, that God is calling to you is, is going to begin. Some of you guys have been waiting on a marriage situation. Well, God is still trying to work some things out in you because they don't want you to tear this marriage up. Who's coming to you next? Come on now. Who's coming to you next is going to require something very special out of you. Marriage ain't just for you. It's for the other person as well. My God is not just for you. It's for the other person as well. So you got to see this. You cannot be too busy for God. You cannot be too busy for God. You can't be too busy with a hectic day. When you don't have time for God, it's what makes your day go wrong. When you have time for God, it's what sets your day right. <laughs> I'm on God. I put, I put that on Jesus. That's what I be wanting to tell people. I'm on God right now. Well, how do you? I'm on God right now. And when I'm on God and I'm spending time and I center myself in his word, he begins to take and deal with all the things in my life that don't line up with him, right? That don't line up with people. He's put teachers. He's put mentors. He's put people. My my apostles them sit down with me every time and just show me things. And I I've, I'm really big about allowing them to groom me and letting them groom me and telling me stuff sometimes that don't always feel good, right? But he sent those people because he tells us that in the word, that he'll give us counsel. He'll give us wise counsel. He'll give us teachers. So those are all the things that I do. And I'm not perfect in it. My God, I'm not. But I know that if I wait on God, he'll do everything that he needs to do for me. And I don't have to compromise myself. I spent way too long compromising myself. I'm telling you I did. I spent way too long, way too long compromising myself, way too long on Lakeisha, trying to make it fit for Lakeisha, trying to make it work, trying to make um, it seem like what I'm doing needed to be, was the right thing because I was still going to church. And I really wasn't resting or trusting in God. Well, that's it. I'm out of time. I'm way out of time. I love y'all so much. I hope that made sense to you today. I hope that gave you uh, what you need right now. Um, pray and meditate on his word in your tough places. He's worked me through marriage situations. I'm just telling you, he's worked me through. It's so much I've been through. It's so much I've been through that it's probably not too much you can't tell me. Oh, that I probably can't empathize, not sympathize with you, but that I can't 
talk to you through or coach you through. That's why we started Ladies Bible Study on Tuesday night, a more intimate setting so that we could walk through the trials of life together. I needed this week's devotionals too. Somebody just said on Instagram, they needed this week's devotionals. I needed this week's devotionals as well. I needed it this well so that I can catch myself and not cycle and circle back and wait and trust on God financially and wait and trust on God for my health. Like I just been through, a, even lately, a series of things. And I'm learning that the position is not in anything else but this word. And if I begin to seek him daily and I stay faithful, you're going to see the results. When I needed to lose weight, I begin to see the results. Why? Because I became focused on the word. I love y'all so much. You're going to have to really read your Bill Winston confession on your own. Go get your confession, read it. Um, somebody posted it and shared it. Let's stay steadfast on that confession. Remember, you're the righteousness of God, an heir to the throne, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, purpose-driven, fulfilling your destiny. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're a lender and not a borrower. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. No sickness, no disease, and no plague shall come near your dwelling. You're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you go. Walk in love in all that you do. Remain humble in all that you do. Honor and obey your God. And for my kids, I always say your parents, your teachers, and those in authority over you. You have the authority over Satan. Stop making him. He don't even equal you. He don't even equal you. Stop giving him authority and writing your life to make you think that he equal, equals you. He don't even equal you. You have the authority over Satan. The blood of Jesus, the righteousness, put him under your feet. So act like it. Act like you have the authority over Satan. I see y'all back here, right? Monday morning, 5 a.m. Host steadfast to the promise. Tell, hey, Vanessa, tell the Lord, I receive, tell him you want a debt-free car. Don't just tell him you want a car. Tell him you want a debt-free car. That's what I told the Lord. The next car I get, I want it to be debt-free. Lord, provide for me. Speak to your cabinets. Talk to your cats, Lord. You said you would daily load me with benefits. I talk to my cabinets and refrigerator all the time. Lord, you said you would daily load me with benefits. I speak to my health all the time. This doesn't align with the word. Body line up with the word of God. Every fiber, every tissue, every cell. And I'm telling you, I've seen God manifest in my life. Nope, I got bills to be paid. I hand them the bills. I'm like, these your bills. He's not my bills. You told me that whoever leads to preach the gospel for your sake will receive what they need in this age a hundredfold. So thank you for my hundredfold return. Well, the only way I'm able to speak like that is because I know I have the word of God in me. I declare favor every day. Favor goes before me. Favor causes supernatural increase. Favor causes policies, rules, and regulations to be reversed to Lakeisha's advantage. Lord, I thank you that favor goes before me. And where I'm lacking, I ask the Holy Spirit, come on right in here and help me understand this. Help me to overcome this. Help me to get this. And he will when you invite him in and you include him in absolutely everything. I love y'all so much. I love y'all so much. Until you believe it, do me a favor. Go be loved today. Go, yeah, make it personal because he's your person. We just learned he's your personal Jesus, <laughs> he's your personal God. Make it very, very personal. He's your personal Jesus, he's your personal God. Ask the thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.